Hey, it's Will. Before we start the show today, I want to make a confession. I hate practical jokes, but a few months ago when I realized that this episode would air just around April Fool's Day, I couldn't help but wonder if I might be able to play a joke on Cat and John. That said, I have no experience playing uh, pranks, and I will never attempt one in the future because this one on this episode did not go as I had hoped. But you let me know what you think about it. You've been warned. You don't think you would just pass out? I mean, hmm. I, I pass out. Maybe I... if it was in person, like if I was like, mm. "Hey, cat, it's Will. I'm I'm at your house. I'm just surprising you." And then you open the door, and it's Simon Lebon with me. You might, yeah, yeah I would fall over. Yeah, out there, you know? <laughs> I might fall over. But I'd be um... like, oh, "I wish I'd worn pants." <laughs> Wait, who's saying that? You're saying that. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. John, Anyone in that scenario saying that makes it awkward. John, you're saying that when I bring Simon LeBond to your house? Sure. Or if you say it or Simon says it, anyone who says it in that scenario. Wish yes. It's inappropriate. Anyone pants. who doesn't have pants. Or you might say to the other person, geez, I wish you were wearing pants. Yeah. Or it's Cat. I wish I'd worn pants, Simon. Right? I'm, I'm not <laughs> or maybe sure Simon. Wish that. Cat wouldn't wish it on Simon. I, I wish I hadn't had pants on. So you know what that means, folks. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name's Will, and joining me as always are my friends and my co-hosts, Kat and John. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, friends and co-hosts. I can, I can honestly say, although it's been, I think, temporarily, chronologically, the same amount of time since mm-hmm. we recorded last time, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a long time. Oh, lucky you. Lucky, <laughs> lucky you. me. <laughs> It is. Wait, yeah. lucky me to miss you or lucky me to see you finally? To have avoided me for so long. Ah. <laughs> oh. oh. My, my, my typical greeting when I meet someone for the first time, I get a trade show or something. Like, yeah. have you met John? No, I don't believe we've met. I'm like, well, you, you, your luck has run out. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of losing your luck, don't forget to also catch John hosting his very own podcast, Gen X Grown Up. We highly oh, recommend oh. that show. Hey, on There's this show, <laughs> on this show, however, today we're going to be sharing, I'm going to be sharing with you some number of whatever, hopefully it's the some full number. amount, but it may oh. be less depending on how well they go over some okay. number of TV shows from the 1980s okay. that either <laughs> never aired or okay. were canceled quickly because they were just mm-hmm. so terrible or offensive huh. or a just a bad idea Uh, and i've got to tell you to find these shows because i actually came across this book that i don't remember the name of um Mm. but it was essentially like unaired pilots of the last i don't know it covered a period period from i think the 50s through the end of the 80s Mm -hmm. and oh my goodness hundreds hundreds of shows yeah really oh my gosh but to get information about some of these shows and i think maybe i used one from there but other ones others i found online you, it's almost like going to the dark web, finding these uh, oh. proof that they existed oh. or audio <laughs> clips or images uh, takes you to places like, or websites that I had not, I'd probably go back now to find some other material, but 
<laughs> you liked it there, huh? You yeah. Go back. Yeah. Isn't it like, it's like a parallel universe when you see like, that actor is not yeah. in a show with this guy. Why? And a dog and a, and a, what? Yeah. What's, you know, it's like, Oh. When you see some, especially if it's an actor you recognize, it's weird to see those. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the Mandela yes. effect. Like, yes. how did I miss this? How did I not know this was a thing? Should I have oh known? My gosh. <laughs> I, I think we could do a whole other episode on the sci-fi shows Scott, Scott Bakula was on that didn't get picked up. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Pre-Quantum mm. Leap. Some really bizarre <laughs> really? ones. Really bizarre. He had a reputation for being... A, an actor they brought into series that were dying, apparently. Oh. And I, I, can't, I can't think of good examples, but I've seen that referenced a few times and yeah. I, I have yet to dive down the rabbit hole, but apparently mm. that's mm. another thing he was known for. Diving down the uh. rabbit hole? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joining sinking ships. Yes. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, these are ships that never launched that I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, but mm -hmm. uh, we're not talking about uh. any, either of those today. But what were you going to say, yep. Kat? Mm -hmm. Um, I was just wondering if this was going to be like music where I tend to know the more obscure things, mm -hmm. the more obscure songs. Is there any chance that I'm going to know anything of what you're, what you're going to present? Cause we know my track record. Yeah. With I honestly don't think so. And part okay. of the reason is, is cause I didn't know of any of these. Well, if you didn't know, there's probably hmm. zero, okay. zero chance. Yeah. All right. Hey, before that though, we're going to be talking about uh, current news stories related to 1980s media, including icons on earth. one of our favorite uh, documentary series. Got six more seasons. Uh, a progeny of Eurythmics has auditioned mm. for American Idol. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I should say slumming with American Idol, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and the Ghostbusters <laughs> sequel cast has grown. Mm. And did it. I'm going to say this, even though, you know, I've, uh, it was uh, maybe suggested otherwise. Time codes are in the show notes if you'd like to skip past the news to the main content. Wake up. Uh, talking Did about the anyone report shit. in and say if they skip around, do they use the time codes? <laughs> no. Nobody reported in? No one ever reports in anything. Well, I shouldn't say that. People rarely report anything. I'm going to tell well, you guys, we have listeners. I, I, we have a good enough amount of listeners that I would think people would write us at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, well, I was going to say maybe it's our age group isn't all that vocal, but John's got a very vocal fan base. So, Yes. I, I don't know. He does. This, very vocal. This podcasting thing is a mystery to me. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to try to. Hey, I mean, thank goodness we have, uh, you know, healthy numbers of listeners. That's uh, grateful for that. All right. Yeah. Hey, numbers uh, of healthy listeners. Numbers of healthy. Both. I don't care if they're healthy or not. Both, no, ideally. Okay, you do, I do. Oh, no. I do. I care about uh, your well-being. <laughs> hey, a quick announcement. Hey, uh, keep okay. an ear out for our chat with Luxury. Luxury, you know, Luxury, he's the L.A.-based producer, songwriter, and musicologist who is responsible for teaching music fans what interpolation is. Oh. You've ever seen his videos uh, on uh, the streamings on the socials? Um. Uh, I watch them on Instagram. But he is great oh. about, he breaks down, look, he's been doing, he's been working in music for, for years now, but uh, the thing that I think he's most well-known for, and certainly got my attention real quick is breaking down songs and explaining the origins of different elements. Uh, it could be as simple as mm -hmm. this is a sample from this other song or mm -hmm. this song interpolates this other thing. Or one of my favorites is he explains how blue Monday, the various elements of blue Monday, which by itself, I would never mm -hmm. think uh, borrowed from anybody else, but he shows right? how the baseline is from one source, how the drum is wow. from another thing. The guitar is, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. Super cool that dude. That sounds I'm really interesting. Very excited to speak with him. And uh, so keep an ear out Luxury? for that. 
luxury or chat with luxury. It'll be out later this week. All right. All right. That's it. Hey, let's get caught up on 1980s news. Hey, this week on 1980s news, the name is unearthed icons unearthed. Hey, as reported by deadline icons Unearthed has scored six season renewal at vice TV. Uh, the sixth season order will bring the anthology documentary series from the Nacelle Company through season ten. That's it. That's got to be unheard of. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you have already not put enough emphasis on the amazing six more seasons. Yeah. You know how much can change in six years? Or I don't know if they're not mm-hmm. actually a year; they're six months or whatever. But that's probably like a three, three and a half year contract. Yeah. I mean deserved mm-hmm. wonderful series, but I've never mm-hmm. heard of like, we're picking it up for six more seasons. I hear yeah. one or two, yeah. but that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. And it's just really quite astounding how prolific that company is, you know, Brian and his team there, because mm-hmm. not only do they crank out, I guess it's like two a year, maybe of documentaries. They have a whole other programming that they're doing as well. <laughs> yeah. And each of these is such of superior quality. You'd think something yep. might suffer, but no. My hero, BV Dubs. I have so much to, to catch up on. <laughs> I love what I've seen so far, and I I'm, mm-hmm, I really yeah. want to catch all of it. And so that's on my wish list <laughs> to catch up yeah. on BV Dubs. <laughs> and the good thing about it is like anything else, like this like this show or John's podcast, Gen X Grown Up, you know, and mm-hmm. shows I listen to. Mm-hmm. If you're not necessarily a fan of the topic, maybe you don't get through the whole thing, or maybe you skip mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. episode. Like mm-hmm. I didn't watch Fast and Furious, although my understanding is it's a fascinating story, and I'm sure the way they tell it, it oh, is, mm-hmm. no doubt, yeah. <laughs> but look, we, I watched the others, and I'm and I'm definitely interested in their next one. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and the current Marvel one is amazing. Is like, it? It is yeah. so good. Oh my god. Yeah, like okay. it's All stuff right. you'd heard about, mm-hmm. but never had I seen it compiled in a way mm-hmm. like, here's a diagram. They sold this to Sony. They sold this to who? I'm like, oh, now they're trying to get it back. And I'm like, it all makes sense. Ah. It's, I mean, it's stuff you knew, but if yeah. you, now you know just what a Hail Mary they were throwing when they finally started studios and did Iron Man and Hulk. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's icons on earth at its top of its game. Yeah. All right. I'm going to bump it up. In priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to yeah. Brian yeah. Volkweiss's credit, the CEO of uh, Nacelle, who we've had on the show twice now to talk about The uh, mm-hmm. Simpsons, uh, that one mm-hmm. docuseries in uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like he told us, he is interested if there's a story there. Anybody yeah. could do a documentary, here's facts about something. He wants there to be a narrative, a through line. Mm-hmm. Marvel's definitely has a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think what I little I know about the next one that's coming out uh, is, is similar in that sense, because season five is the only other season we know about so far, which mm-hmm. will cover the James Bond movies, which I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of those films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, per Volkweiss, he said, uh, quote, we've had the opportunity to tell some incredible stories and icons on earth and to have six more seasons of storytelling coming up as a testament to how well the show has been received Mm-hmm. I hope we don't disappoint, end quote. That immediately reminds <laughs> me of the dumb people don't know the dumb thing because Brian is such a clever guy. He has yes. doubts. Mm-hmm. He has a little bit of doubt right. that he might not meet the yes. like standards. I hope I don't screw it up. You're not gonna. Yeah. I love that humility <laughs> though, right? Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah, it humility just makes it more appealing. Person, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The subjects, however, for season six through 10 have not been announced yet, um, but certainly we'll be eager to find out about those. Um, are you yep. guys fans of uh, James Bond? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have, I have had, had, still have, I don't know, have them all on DVD. Mm-hmm. I was so, so much a fan that I went, downloaded the special 
printable covers that you can do that makes it like one big picture on oh. the spines of the DVDs because I had the, <laughs> right. I had all the sets because because MGM they changed them over the years the different mm-hmm. spines and then somebody's like oh no we got you they made whole new inserts and uh, I, wow there's just a great series yeah. it's one that like my wife and I will go see in the theater brand new when they come out every time mm-hmm. even though she mm-hmm. doesn't go to the theater mostly it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a, it's a tentpole kind of film I have there's yeah. so many that I haven't seen I'm not an aficionado. Mm-hmm. My husband yep. is, however, <laughs> so they, mm-hmm. they, we have lots of uh, versions of the, the movies around. And for the most recent one, we went, you know, and, and saw mm-hmm. it. It wasn't exactly opening night, but um, we, we both went together. And I think that was actually the first time that I saw a James Bond movie, like within a week of, of its opening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we, it, during the 1980s, we had five films. Yes. Uh, in, including the unusual edition, Never Seen Never Again. If you mm-hmm. recall, that was a year we had two James Bond films that came out, uh, Octopussy and Never Seen Never Again. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a young person, not really understanding what was happening because we had two mm-hmm. James Bond movies, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. one of which brought Sean Connery back, which he hadn't yeah. been in a film, I think, since Diamonds Are Forever. It was like a okay. decade at least or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm very confused by that. Do you guys remember that <laughs> time? I remember seeing Moonraker. Like, I'm not sure I'm connecting to the yeah. period of time you're talking about. I, we saw Moonraker in a theater. I don't know how old I was. When did that come out? 79. Okay. So just before the 80s. Yeah. Some, somehow I somebody brought me to a movie theater to see Moonraker. <laughs> like screaming um, and kicking? What do you mean somehow? <laughs> no, it was like a family outing. I don't know. Okay. All right. So makes but me I feel remember- comfortable. Yeah. When you said, when you said, um, you know, about feeling confused, you didn't know what was going on. I had no clue what was going on, but I remember Jaws that, that mm. the, you know, the mm-hmm. one uh, big henchman with his teeth. Uh, yep. I don't remember the actor's name. Um, mm-hmm. Richard but I, I, Keel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't have told you anything else about the movie. It was just a big sensory blob, <laughs> except for <Right>. him. <laughs> I remember at the end, they get it on in zero G. I know that happened. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you now you questions? remember two things about the movie. Did you have yes. questions after that? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I was young enough that I didn't know the logistics. So okay. I was, I just accepted it at face value. Yes. <laughs> love has no gravity. Oh, this has nothing to do with love, little Johnny. <laughs> Believe you me. Hey, uh, in other 1980s news, and as reported by Billboard, Kaya, I think it's Kaya. I don't actually know, but I'm going to say Kaya. Mm -hmm. Kaya Stewart gets help from superstar dad during impressive American Idol audition. Boy, that's a long title. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So according to Billboard, as they reported that in order to be a successful person auditioning for American Idol, you got to, you got to need, you need one of three things at least. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to make it past the early rounds, talent, Mm -hmm. a moving backstory or an unexpected hook. That makes for good TV. Uh-huh. What few can do is have a ringer backing them up <laughs> as Kaya Stewart did because <laughs> her father is Eurythmics co-founder Dave Stewart. Yeah. So uh, when Kaya uh-huh. auditioned for the judges, Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie, and I didn't even know they were the judges right now. I haven't watched that show in decades. Um, uh, Dave joined his uh, daughter as she sang an original song. Dave uh, played a guitar uh, for mm-hmm. her. Uh, when he entered, it prompted Perry to exclaim, oh my God, blast from the past. Yes. Stuart. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. For his part, Richie noted that he was inducted into the Rock Hall 
last mm-hmm. year, along with uh, Annie Lennox uh, fronted British new wave band mm-hmm. um, that of course is famous for Sweet Dreams and Here mm-hmm. Comes the Rain Again, Rain Again and others. So what did mm-hmm. you think about this audition? Oh gosh. I watched it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched I, it I have too. thoughts, but uh, yep. I want to know, I want to know what you guys thought about the audition. I have thoughts okay. on a couple okay. different, different venues. What do you yeah. think, Kat? I, I wasn't wowed by okay. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It sounded fine. It sounded, um, nice i i don't know what the other people sounded like who were auditioning you know i, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think i would need to have a, a context for her um but uh it, I, I wasn't i wasn't wowed by it but it, it mm-hmm. was fine it, it was nice what'd you think will well, the first thought that came to mind was cheater that's oh. cheating <laughs> <laughs> and then i looked it up uh-huh. You, I found a the 20, definition of cheater? Or? Well, no, I found a 2022 <laughs> article from Good Housekeeping that included 40 rules that every idol contestant must follow. Oh. Those okay. rules okay. included these two. One, you must audition alone. Really? Two, oh. you must sing a cappella. Really? There you, there you go. go. That was my first Strike job, two. was cheater. What did you think? Wow. Well, I've never watched the show before. I've only watched clips oh, online. So I've I'm, only I'm not a follower too. of the show. Yeah. I understand what the show is and I get yeah. it and it's it's fine. Yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. That's good. Yeah. Same. In fact, a, 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 a good high school friend of mine yeah. either won or did very well one year, Cassandra Lewis. Mm. She was on the show, I think. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we were in band together. She was in the color mm-hmm. guard. She was a sweetheart. Okay. Loved her. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I know about the show, that avenue. But mm-hmm. I didn't know about the particulars of the of of the rules, of the cheating. Uh-huh. But like Kat, I thought the audition was fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Right? It, she didn't mm-hmm. wow me with an I think she has a talent and she has a voice. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like the judges were over a barrel. Like, are, are you going to sit there and go, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's Sorry. Just, it's nice for you to be here, superstar. Your daughter blows. Get out of here. Right? Oh, what? It's, oh my God. Like, and you know she's going to get on the show because now they have this mm-hmm. hook for the show. They're like, oh, Stuart's mm-hmm. daughter's on this. You got to watch this season. Right. It's it's kind of like she had this nepotism lubricant to push her through the system <laughs> where other people maybe would have wow. not gotten through these all these steps, you know? Yes. Yeah. I did see yeah. a comment that I forget somewhere along the way in the article mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. maybe on the video that someone said, well, yeah, she wasn't that great. Yeah. Fine. She made it through the initial process, but later on it may be that she's not going to, you know, keep maybe. going. Maybe all they want is down. to have her there to get some initial ratings. So people sure. start watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then they could get her. Good out. point. It made me think yeah. of like we talked about with, you know, Kiwi Kwan winning uh, the award and Han- Harrison Ford, I almost said Han Solo, Harrison Ford giving out the <laughs> award for best picture. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like yeah. they, the producers must have conspired, obviously, with mm. Dave Stewart, and they mm-hmm. must have told the judges. They what if? What, let me let me ask you this question: If a person, we're not in the music industry, but if we were the judges and someone here, this mm-hmm. is Kaya Stewart auditioning, and there was an older gentleman playing guitar, uh-huh. I wouldn't recognize Dave Stewart. I wouldn't put that together. <laughs> no, like, sir, sir, it's not your turn, sir. Yeah, <laughs> security. <laughs> is this old I, man bothering you? Yeah. I, I so, only knew it was him because that's what the article was about. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was looking at their reactions, you know, and they seemed like a little, like they were pretending like, oh, wow, look. I'm so deal. surprised. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, oh, that they're surprised. They're pretending. Yeah. They were, I, I'm totally unaware this was going to happen. I'm just reminding out. And he's there with yeah. a cap and sunglasses. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he, I just, yeah, it was, it was awkward. I mean, yeah, like he's in Witsec. Like, let us know who you are, dude. <laughs> yeah, we know these, this is reality TV, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Besides the fact that, you know, if, again, if it was anybody else, the judges probably would say, you, you can't do that. This is cheating. Mm-hmm. Sorry, get this mm-hmm. guy out of here. Mm-hmm. They did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for her part, Akaya, who's 23, said she uh, toured with the duo while her mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music has always been a part of her DNA. Saying, "quote When I was born, mm-hmm. my dad was on tour, mm-hmm. and I was going to shows when I was still in my mom's tummy. There was never a question of what I wanted to do with mm-hmm. my life." End quote. Mm-hmm. That'd be great to be born into something that you're so certain of what to do with your life. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh, to have that clarity, and which is great. I I, I hope that yep. you know she continues to pursue. Uh, mm-hmm. Her passion, but yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, apparently Katy Perry agrees with you guys because uh, according to this, uh, she subtly hinted that some mm. potential Nepo baby potholes may find her along the way, suggesting oh, that yeah. the panel may be a, quote, a bit more nitpicky with you. And she did mm-hmm. say that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah they'll hold uh, her to a little higher Hopefully. Standard. But American <laughs> Idol knows they'd have a great story if, you know, Mm-hmm. It's the uh, pop mm-hmm. music royalty where, you know, yeah. final five or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, royalty. He's a, he's a fife at the field. <laughs> just a, just a, a fife. He's not even in the court. <laughs> I didn't see any crown. It was a baseball cap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have the king and queen of pop and he's, he's working the fields. He's in the kingdom, yes. just not in the He's an indentured yes. servant paying off his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what he owes to Annie Lennox. <laughs> All right. Hey, and finally, in other 1980s news, as reported by Deadline, two comedians are the newest additions to the cast of Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To the yep. Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. Uh, so Kumail Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt have joined the cast of the live action sequel to Sony Pictures' hit film. Uh, mm-hmm. Gil Kennan, I guess, I remember last time I was like, Keenan or Kennan, I don't know. Gil mm. Kennan is directing in the previous Picks cast, including Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon, will return. Mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. I, yeah. I equal parts love and hate that guy. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> I love him because one. he's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. hate him because mm. he's just as goofy and dorky as I am, and yet okay. he's in everything. <laughs> <laughs> he made it. <laughs> Yes. I want to be him. Like, I'm like, how did you get there? Well, he got there oh. through hard work and perseverance. I know yes. how he got there, but the point is, <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's he's like the everyman actor in Hollywood that I most yeah. identify with, being the goofy, dopey nerd. And every time I see him in something, when I saw him in Agents of Shield as the oh secret agent in that thing, I love and I'm like, that. yeah, there's my man. Every time I see him in something, and mm-hmm. and I'm like, of course you got a Ghostbuster too, you son of a bitch. Good for you. <laughs> I've been watching Justified for the first time and he pops up in a couple seasons of Justified. Oh, it's crazy. He's in, he's in everything and rightfully so. He's great. Yep. He is. He is. <laughs> he's such a, a goofy dopey guy. The Ghostbusters need, so I get it. Yeah. His nerd cred is deep. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. great too, oh, yeah. John. You're you're doing the podcast circuit, right? Yeah, I sure am. There I'm you on go, the internet. John. You yes. spent four hours on some show or something. I don't know. Yeah. On Gogamigo. Gogamigo. Welcome to Gogamigo. That anime YouTube channel. Uh, Jason Reitman, who directed the 2021 version, will move into the writer producer role alongside mm-hmm. uh, Kenan and Jason mm-hmm. uh, Blumenfield. Uh, not as much is known about the sequel, except for that the plan, as far as mm-hmm. we know, is to return the story to New York City and mm-hmm. the iconic firehouse made famous in the original Ghostbusters films. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, this film yep. has been a high priority for uh, Sony ever since the first one, I say the first one, but really the fourth Ghostbusters film, 
yeah. fifth if you count the one with the, the ladies in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fourth in this canon was a huge hit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, I, I would say for yes, me, I was so much surprised at how much I enjoyed the film. So I certainly look forward to a sequel. Yeah, well, I'm at, totally at the end, we it. saw Winston Zeddemore kind of being like mm. a uh, like an angel investor to ensure that the firehouse was. So they set it up. Yeah. They set it up for if it does well, they've got an angle which they're yeah. using. So mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. done. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yes, being the sex symbol he is. <laughs> Kat, Kat was just was waiting for me to say. I could tell you get that glint in your eyes, like you knew I had it locked. <laughs> I was just uh, waiting. But, yeah, and what a great way to. To link them together, give Winston his due because we know Winston yep. as a character and uh, Ernie as an actor got kind of screwed over in yeah. the first film. Although yeah. he's a too big a man to say it that way, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of nerds getting to do a whole lot of things, John, uh, this is another big IP for for Nanjiani because he's been on a roll lately. Oh yeah, and he played a superhero yep. in a Marvel film. I see okay. he appeared on uh, Obi Wan. Was he played a Jedi? Was my or, and he, he played was a, a guy pretending right? to be a Jedi on Obi Wan. Yeah, he was. A th- yeah. He was. He was the. Uh, yeah. What would you call that? The, the catfish Jedi or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> acting <laughs> as if he were one. Right. Yes. And he he just appeared on uh, Hulu's Welcome to Chip- Chippendales. Oh. Um, so that's not a big, that's not a tent pole, but <laughs> anyway, he's been on a roll. And, I, I, and good for him. Yeah. I don't identify with him. I mean, okay. he's just an actor. He's a guy. Good for he's him. He's just an actor. But yeah, he's just, a, just some successful actor putts. Mm. I don't yeah. care about that guy. He's another funny nerd. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've enjoyed him for a while and he, he would pop up on some different uh, shows. Mm-hmm. The sequel, I do like him though. He's good. The sequel, this was yeah. the most surprising thing to me in this uh, billboard uh, or, or deadline story. The sequel is slated for a December, 2023 <gasps> release. Isn't that, that's really what? soon. Yeah. No, it's not. Serious. It'll slide. I, yeah. I, it'll I, slide. I agree. It's probably not going to stick. It, it's really yeah. soon. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. It'll slide. Hey, that was 1980s news. Hey, it's me again. Just giving you another heads up. Here we go. This is my attempt at trying to prank Cat and John. I am not an expert at pranking. I will never do another one again. But for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm attempting to have fun with Cat and John. And it doesn't go the way I had planned or hoped. Uh, And then the rest of the show is us trying to get back to doing the show, which, hmm, is semi-successful. But again, heads up. You let me know what you think. Um, all right. Hey, as I told you guys earlier, today's, <laughs> today's show, we're going to be speaking about some number of television shows from the 1980s that were never aired or mm-hmm. uh, short-lived because they were just offensive or just terrible or dumb. Or <laughs> You'll see. You'll get the hang of it real quick here. So first up on our shows, so, so awful, uh, they were canceled, is Stag Reno. What? Uh, what? <laughs> this is a, already uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's quite a name. Stagrino <laughs> is a sci-fi mystery show and uh, from ABC in 1981, and here is the synopsis. After Glenn Larson moved development on Magnum PI to CBS, ABC was on the hunt for a new detective show. Hmm. They thought they might have a winner in Stephen Nash's Stag Reno, Detective to the Stars. And that's a little bit of a pun, as you'll understand in a moment. It featured a thinly veiled Han Solo type working as a sci-fi private investigator. Execs believed they could save money reusing props, costumes, and surviving set pieces from Battlestar Galactica. 
They were unsuccessful in wooing Dirk Benedict, but scored some sci-fi cred by casting Perry King, who was fresh off voicing Han Solo in the Star Wars radio drama. Oh, Uh, okay. Nash continued to change the script, adding in, Nash, the creator of the show, continued to change the script, Mm -hmm. adding in, quote, alien orgy and a surprisingly detailed love scene between Reno and his dolphin-like girlfriend, prompting King to threaten (laughs) to quit. Wow. uh, Wait, wait, wait. A surprisingly detailed, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it means and you don't need to elaborate, but I can imagine. I don't have to elaborate, but I told you about the lengths we went to, I went to find some of the, oh. I have an audio clip. I have no oh. images. I have an audio oh. clip, which seems okay. to be exactly this thing here. I think that's not a blowhole. Listen to that. <laughs> that's worse than what I'm going to play you with it. Here, you hear Perry King with his uh, dolphin-like girlfriend. Yes, you did. I appreciate it. No, it's terrible, but. Oh my God. It was like the Little Mermaid, but not. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, wow. Wow. Let's see. Uh, okay. Be- <laughs> before a filming, uh, before the, before filming on the pilot could be completed, it came out that the show creator, Nash, had been an intern at Lucasfilm and many of his ideas were stolen directly from early drafts of Star Wars. Oh, uh, ABC stopped production to avoid legal action. And in 2018, <laughs> we know that, you know, like dolphin sex as seen in the Empire Strikes Back. Well, yeah, Hans. Yeah, well, there isn't an, an original script. Han Solo did have a guinea pig like girlfriend. That's true. Uh, in 20, keep in his pocket. In a, t- <laughs> in a 2018 online interview, Nash admitted that the whole thing was inspired by his quote, deep abiding love of the galaxy that George created, but also a whole bunch of cocaine and heroin. Ah, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kat, if this were a game that we had to guess, was yeah? this really a show or not? Yeah. We'd be losing. Oh my God. Nope. <laughs> uh, next up is Your Move, a sitcom from 1985 on NBC. Not to be con- confused with Jason Bateman's It's Your Move from a different season. Your Move seemed like an excellent companion show to NBC's Family Ties. A pre-aliens Paul Reiser plays an affable small town lawyer and father of two who adopts an Eastern European chess prodigy named Radislav. Radislav. Oh. Okay. Radislav. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by newcomer Eddie Newton. Uh, although typical culture... Crash hijinks ensue as the episode progresses. The audience discovers that Riser's character is planning to challenge the local mayor, a corrupt good old boy, and that the teenage Ratty is actually a Soviet spy sent to America to manipulate Paul Riser's political uh, career. Uh, While this may have made for an interesting drama two or three decades later, test audiences did not appreciate the strange concept and the show never aired. (laughs) They didn't appreciate the strange concept. I'm not sure I appreciate Uh, it either. It's like a mashup of different strokes and Ooh. the Americans. Yeah. Okay. You got the, the adopted yeah. fish out of water child you bring into your home and yeah. and, and espionage. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not just do John. You know. Like, <laughs> like All right. Hey, next up is I, I like in Star Wars. I don't know how to say this one. It's uh it's either Billy and the Kid or Bill Three and the Kid. The the E and Billy is a three. Oh. So, you know, oh. it's like going for a sci-fi thing. Yes. Wait, okay. is, there's an E in Billy? Well, it's B-I-L-L-3. 
So it's mm. oh, that, supposed to be like a play e. on Billy, Billy and the Kid or Bill 3 and the Kid. I don't know. Like Wall E. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Bill right. 3. <laughs> like Wall got 3. Got yes, got John. Yeah, like uh, Wall 3. Bill 3 and the Kid, I'll Like say. an Empire Strikes Back, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, 1983 uh, ABC. Greenlit okay. following the success of E.T. and, Canna- and, and the Cannonball Run. You know, those two uh, <laughs> <What>? bookends. Uh, <laughs> Bill 3 and the Kid seem to have all the makings of, of a family-friendly hit. When an alien uh-huh. observer crashes to Earth... He teams up with an orphan named Wayne, played once again by Eddie Newton, who was in the last show we just did, uh, and enters a new race every week, uh, competing against a rotating cast of quirky rivals in an effort to earn enough oh, money. Oh, that, that kind of race. Like he yeah. enters a new race every like, like first <laughs> he goes to Asia, and then he goes to Japan, and then he- Wait, what? Like, I think you made it worse. You, you said he- he enters a different race. Oh, like he could shape shift into a different like, culture. Yes, like that's, that's I thought. That's where I thought you were Dude, going. No, you, made like, you made it worse. You made it worse. Okay, uh, right. it was you already made bad. It even yeah, no, worse. that's this is the cannonball run angle. Is the race? Okay, all right, got it. Got He's it, got trying it. to earn enough money to manufacture cometrolium. I'm going to say Com- it's like cometrolium, cometrolium, okay. and get space bound again. Unfortunately, the show never addresses the fact that Wayne, you know, the kid. Uh, played by Eddie Newton, is orphaned by the crashing spaceship. Oh my God. And oh, no. most of what Bill learns, uh, knows he learned from television and movies, leading to a number of situations deemed offensive even by 80s standards. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. Uh, worse, Bill 3's car, Alpha, an Alpha Romeo Montreal, <laughs> Montreal, filled with remnants of the damaged spaceship, so it's like a car made out of his spaceship, I guess, Okay, mm-hmm. was surprisingly randy for a show targeting children. Mysteriously oh. tightening the seatbelt of Terry Copley's hitchhiker character and twice goosing her. Oh my God. Okay. Weak writing, a high budget, and smaller audiences for the shows for shows like Dukes of Hazard killed this one even before the two hour pilot aired. And I ha- also have a clip of this one. Before it aired. This is uh, Terry Copley, and I think I'm guessing it's Bill 3 because he sounds kind of like an alien or a robot. Okay. Okay. Right. This, the audio, audio quality on this is terrible. So mm. if you okay. can't understand it, I can tell you what they said because I can make it out when I. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he wants to come back. Wait, come back is Albert, Albert Schweitzer. Okay, yeah. humanitarian or either that or Dolly Parton Dolly, something. Dolly Parton something. Yeah. yeah. No, was was the bloop? Was that you're oh. doing, or was that from the broadcast? No, that, yeah, that's broadcast. how I found that it online. Pilot. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. So he wants to come back as wait, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. The con- maybe or? talking about, yeah, I don't know. Or something, yeah. Can you be reincarnated as part of someone who's already alive? I didn't see <laughs> Maybe he's learning something about humans. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. All right. Bleep, blur. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Lunch Bunch was a sitcom in, from in 1986 on CBS. It was clearly inspired by John Hughes' The Breakfast Club. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. To the point Just of, later no. in the day. Oh, to no. the point of using the movie's original title, The Lunch Bunch. But it missed the point of the movie entirely. Uh, rather okay. than allowing characters to find common ground, each episode forced an ever-changing cast of characters from North Truman High into detention-themed conflict based on their differences. To oh. call the characters stereotypes is a kindness, and the humor was mostly lowbrow and obvious. The Lunch uh-huh. Bunch was canceled after the fourth highly controversial episode, Turning Japanese. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It was considered... <laughs> so- what? 
Sorry. So it was like an anthology, like different characters each episode. Is that yeah, the idea? Yeah, it like Is different students. Yeah, different students huh. going to detention. Well, I guess well, that's, that's at least an interesting thing. Yeah. Instead of like a, mm-hmm. a cast of stars, like a love boat thing, like you bring through different people oh. every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It was considered so offensive. I guess this episode turning Japanese was considered so offensive that the network is rumored to have destroyed all prints. Uh-huh. One of the characters was played by perennial destroyer of pilots Eddie Newton. Again, he's getting a lot of work though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> little snippets here and there, but he's getting work. Oh, right. wow, I'm seeing uh, a pattern here. Yeah, <laughs> the mob was he next? at that point. I don't oh, sorry. know. Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm guessing he's a teenager, I guess. Okay. He's, he's probably a kid. Oh, wait. Right, because he yeah. would have been, yeah. Wait. Hmm? Is Eddie Newton our surprise guest? John, you got to wait for the surprise to see who the surprise is. <laughs> okay. Not going to say. He just keeps beating that drum. You, let me like tell you another thing. one and then I'll bring out the guest. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. okay. The Mopples Next Door. Uh, sitcom 1988 Mopples? Fox. The Mopples. Mopples. I might have heard this. Yes. Because okay. it's called the Mopples because it's an <laughs> early example of the puppets behaving badly trope. The Mopples next door begins when Mick Mopple, a highly successful oh. singer who happens to be a puppet, moves into a wealthy neighborhood. Oh, bringing right. along his eccentric family, a large entourage in the worst and the worst excesses associated with rock stars. Uh, okay. the first episode features a drug fueled party, streaking puppets. You got to have some puppet penis in there, I imagine, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I directed that at John as if we've talked about puppet genitalia like, before. Well, it's, you know, puppet know penis, duck about. boobs, whatever. Oh, duck dong. Yeah. yeah. I forgot to bring up duck dong when you brought up Howard the Duck the other day. Yeah. Uh, and a stunt that culminates in a flaming pub, puppet pu- plummeting into the neighbor's pool. So this sounds like Animal House, but puppets. Yes. Uh, the show was masterfully cast with Bernie Copal uh, playing a disapproving old ma- money neighbor to perfection. And most of the puppets voiced by stand-up comedians, playing okay. a sympathetic teen to the felt creatures, Ed Newton, no, who was probably the same Eddie Newton from the other episodes. Oh my god! Um, the majority of their <laughs> scenes were improvised in Andrew Dice Clay, on the verge of his career breakout as a standout as creepy monster who spends most of his time in laundry baskets and closets, watching female characters <laughs> while they're changing. Oh no! I saw. Oh my god! <laughs> Despite okay. the sharply satirical writing, it was a little too much even for Fox's audience. And only lasted three episodes. Wow. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is this Eddie Newton on anything that did succeed? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Why don't we ask him? Joining us right now is uh, Ed Newton. Hey, Ed! Oh, oh my God! I need to adjust right, my John. screen. One moment, hold on. I forgot to do this. All right, John, guess <laughs> I was that. sitting in the in the waiting room for so long that I forgot. Okay, here we go. There Multitasking. We go. All right. <laughs> All right, not to. You guys, first, not before to, we say yeah. anything, I'm I'm really hoping that yeah. uh, that your show doesn't get canceled after I appear. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. It was going great for a long it time. Might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, hmm. oh, I suppose if, as long as you're not a puppet, we'll be okay. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Uh, so, exactly. look, the, these uh, these shows seem awful, even by uh, 1980 standards. Uh, did Did you realize they were terrible at the time? Well, no. I mean, I was a, I was a kid, and you know, it was just it was it was work, you know, and just yeah. you know, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was I was doing high school shows, and then I did uh-huh. I got cast in a, in a regional theater thing, and that's where my agent saw me. And then he was like, "There's mm-hmm. this thing you're going to be great for it, and it's TV." And I was like, 
You know, it, yeah, was, just, yeah. I, it was just, it was overwhelming. And I, I thought this is going to be amazing and I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and I'm going to make a lot of money. None of those oh, things wow. were true. But. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you, as we mentioned, you were in, I think, four of the five shows we talked about yeah, so far. Yeah, uh, and I would have done Stag Reno if I was only old enough to be on set, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could have played a dolphin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wasn't going to go there. Will For did all it. the crazy things <laughs> they had me do over the years, that would not have even faced yeah. me. You know, so. so <laughs> did the mopples drive you out of acting? Yeah. I mean, was that, yeah. did you have enough I mean, at that point? It was just, wow. it was just, it, you know, and it's funny because when, when I showed up on set, like literally Dice mm-hmm. was like, you, oh my, he, yeah. he knew. He knew I was, it was oh. kiss of death at that point. So. Oh, he knew you were sure. Yeah, oh yeah. He, oh, he was, he was familiar with my work and um, a little too familiar with my work, if you know what I mean. I think oh, I already got terrific, you know, so much fun to work with, but uh, he just, yeah. uh-huh. I think, I think he knew that I was just a talisman of something, you know, bad and evil on the horizon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I'm sort of feeling like it's almost like the, What's the cereal, you know, that they were like, give it to Mikey. He'll oh, eat there it. you go. Yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. the life cereal. cereal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he won't eat it. This Except, roll. Here's the difference. The life cereal actually has some taste. So. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. I still got it. <laughs> Put Ed in it. Ed will be in anything. Oh, now I'm thinking we need to revive one of these shows. Yeah, I was going to wear it's a t-shirt to go. that said, we'll act for food, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding the, uh, what was it called? Your Move, the show where you were a Russian kid, I guess, right? Is it true? (laughs) He's still got it. Is it true that you had a child advisor who was Russian? Yes. And he actually turned out to be a spy? Art imitating life. They, uh, I don't think they ever made anything stick, but it was one of those things like Bridge of Spies where they they arranged sort of an exchange of questionable people. But he was known to me just as Nikita. I have no idea what his last name was because it was never talked about. Mm -hmm. And he was there Mm -hmm. to coach me on what it was like to be a Mm. kid in Russia, which was mind blowing Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, that this was, you know. Uh, pre the the wall falling and it was just me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm probably not oh talking asking your quote uh, talking about your shows chronologically here, but I also I see is this show okay? What was offensive about turning Japanese? Oh god, the episode mm. of oh lunch point that was wasn't. Wow. <laughs> are you are you prepared <laughs> to get letters because um, the <laughs> please oh boy. we were just talking about how we don't get Eddie. The, okay, good. The this will get you uh, I played, I played the, for lack of a better term, the Anthony Michael Hall character, you know, the perpetual nerd. Okay. And in the episode, mm-hmm. uh, I was getting fixed up on a blind date with a woman who uh, was was thought to be from Japan. And yep. to make okay. myself more acceptable, the idea was oh, to boy. put me in, in yellow face and I was going to pretend <sighs> oh, to be really? Japanese. Okay. The twist was that mm-hmm. she wasn't Japanese at all. And I was, you know, oh. I was a kid and this oh, was boy. the 80s and times were different. But even then I was like, yes. this, you know, I, I'm not stupid. I was so like, weird. this is this really bad test. And they were like, kid, Mickey Rooney did it in Breakfast oh. at Tiffany's. That's all I heard yeah. over and over again. So just, I finally, I finally oh. got a cassette tape of Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I've never no! seen. And even in uh-huh. 1983, was it was just. Yeah. I was mind blowingly offensive. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can do yeah. this. And then they threatened to fire me from right. the show. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I think all the copies oh. of that episode were, were burned. Yeah. And I, oh, okay. So yeah, knows? that's what we yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to let you go in a moment Amazing. here, but I want to ask you, I had, look, another rumor here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see that, uh, what was the story? It was uh, t- uh, Terry Copley was the a- a- actor on, beautiful actor. She always sounded like, she was always like Marilyn Monroe yeah, on every show yeah. she was on. But that uh, she, she got upset because the car was, uh, the seatbelts were tightening and she was otherwise getting goose. Yes. Yeah, um, they, uh, the uh, the actor that they had portraying the car also had the ability to like uh, do stuff within the, the fake vehicle, like the set that was built into the car. Like his hands yeah. would go uh-huh. into the seats and stuff. And the, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It was a little bit yeah. of, you know, oh. a little bit oh. of, you know, the, the Weinstein effect going on there. And uh, <gasps> yeah, it, but, I mean, the license plate was hashtag me too. Right. Props to Terry because I mean she was Kudoba. just you know in, she she was trying so hard to like not be offended, not be put off by this. Yeah. And you and know Terry has yeah. since found Jesus. She's on the seven hundred club. Where, where'd she find him? Would she find Jesus? Where'd she oh, find Jesus? Yeah. Where'd she find Jesus? Where was he? <laughs> Real cap. That's, that's what I do. It's my job. <laughs> All right. So, hey, uh, oh thanks, gosh. Ed. I miss it from time to time. I miss, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I miss uh, entertaining people more than anything else. But uh, yeah. oh, yeah. well, you're entertaining well, us right yes. now. So, well, yes, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, and, and because uh, look, because Cat is naive and, and Jet John's a sweet guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all these shows are fake. We made them all. all up. This is uh, Glenn Packman, a fellow uh, Drew University graduate. Uh, Wait, what? So <laughs> I hate <laughs> April Fool's jokes, but it just happens now to be the beginning really of <laughs> April no. here. So yeah, our good buddy George uh, Krupski wrote a bunch of <laughs> fake, more 80 synopses than we could use in an episode. Uh, and Glenn agreed to be our uh, <laughs> child actor what? here. So what I actually do, Cat, is improv. Yes, that's why I'm good at this. So you... I was going to give you the beautiful oh. moniker of the anti Ratzenberger. You know, <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> now, that would be funny there because uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, Glenn, where oh can folks gosh. actually see you perform? Uh, where they can see me. Uh, yeah. I perform at Comedy Sports. Uh, that's Comedy Sports with the Z on the end. Uh, we do the same <laughs> show in 25 cities. This is actually true, by the way. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. This is the actual true part. I don't of know what to Maybe. Uh, we, do, we do the same show in 23 think cities now across the U.S. and Manchester, England, um, including New York City. Look us up at... Um, uh, comedy sports with the Z.com. You can find out the information about all of us nationally and wow. come see us in New York. So we're in, the New York troupe is actually in the process of switching its venue to a new location, oh. uh, which is always fun and uh-huh. challenging in the city. So, um, but we are still performing. We're very active and it, it's, uh, it's family friendly comedy. It's comedy played like a sporting event and uh, it's clean, it's clean comedy. So we clean. encourage that. It's a good show. It's Unlike really our show. Yeah. I have trust issues now. <laughs> trust issues. John has trust issues. <laughs> because we're talking about seat groping and, and yes, all I, know. I, was, yeah. I had trust issues that have now been exacerbated by this situation. So. <laughs> Look, when I said 
All right, I guess I just said we're all a liar. So Will, how'd they do? How'd no, they you do? were great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're fantastic. Is, ultimately, are you going to reveal that it actually is it, right? Ultimately, we're going to come all the way around, full circle. Yes. Wouldn't it be great if we got all the way to the end and it turns out I am a Russian spy? Oh, wow. That's quite the callback. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to let oh, Glenn go. This is amazing. I'll reach out to you and talk to you. <laughs> Thanks for including me on in the world's best April Fool's joke. Or worst. But yeah, either way, it was a show. <laughs> Goodbye, Glenn, Ed, whoever you are. <laughs> whoever you claim to be. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. I'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh look. God. I hate April Fool's jokes. I hate them. Because and yet here we are. Yes, I just, I, here's what happened. I had this idea months ago. And so once I get an idea, like I have to follow through. It's like an itch. Oh my god! And then because I start testing myself, like if I'm not going to do the idea, is it because you feel like you can't? Oh. Are you scared? Are you going to oh. fail? You, fail? you know, so then I got to do it. You got to process well, it somehow. You, so, you did it. Look, okay. Uh, that makes more sense though, yeah. if you started months ago, because I was like, you pulled that together in like two days. <laughs> Holy <laughs> no, cow. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, again, you know he didn't do it during the convention because he didn't do anything during the convention. No, uh, special thanks again to George uh, Krupski for writing these really fantastic, and he wrote more than the five we talked about. George, too convincing. I had to keep saying George. Please, it's got to be more ridiculous. But I think even still, you know, I mean, uh, oh, short of having my. crimes actually committed, uh, it's probably really so. In, could do so, which one were you going to tell us you actually remember you seeing? <laughs> Well, to make it up to you guys and the, uh -huh. and the listener, oh. <laughs> because I don't know what this is. Maybe this will never air. I actually have five real ones. You have real ones? Oh my gosh. John is so- Or does he? John is so, oh, John is so disappointed in me. Oh my God. I can't take it. Oh, I, I, he's so skeptical. I don't believe you now. I can't take it. Yeah. You're, you're going to read through them and be like, will, yeah, maybe they're real. I will we'll assure see. you this, John. I, and this is, this is to be honest- <laughs> I will lie. never play another joke lie. on you ever again. Uh, I don't play I jokes on people. It's not my thing. I just don't like them. But nobody was hurt in this one, at least. No. Well, I think. I, that was hilarious. Uh -oh. No, our, our I friendship. I by a car seat. Our friendship was hurt. <laughs> I feel like I've been goosed in a car. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but John was, uh, Glenn was talking about how he does a family-friendly show. I mean, the stuff I suggested he say, he didn't say, which is good for him. Because oh, okay, so he's trying to keep it clean. <laughs> I, in the family car thing, I suggested that the stuntman, the puppeteer operating the seat had a, was visibly aroused through the faux leather seats. Oh my God. Mm. But Glenn probably made the right call on that. All right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If you want to do these real five ones, this has got, this has got to be a real show because you might cut all this stuff. Hmm. I know okay. it was hilarious, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. John is so pissed at me. All right. Oh, John. Um, all right. Well, Kat, I'll do these for you. John, if you want to log off or something. Uh, yeah. I'll make up for John. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I'll send you my scratch off. You could have two. Good. My trust oh. issues. Let's see how it goes. All right. Here's five actual. Seriously. <laughs> now, what I was telling you earlier is actually two of them are ones in front. Oh, well, here you go. So here's the first one. And this one actually from 1979. So to find okay. these really wacky ones. And what I said to you earlier is absolutely true. I have a book with hundreds of unaired pilots. Mm -hmm. I did go the, down these rabbit holes to find these. Actually, George, in addition to writing those <laughs> fake ones, helped me find some of these that are on okay. this list. John's like uh, rabbit poop holes. <laughs> I want to tell you about 1979's A Dog's Life. Okay. Tell me if you've ever heard of any of these either, because... All right. Uh, after tackling racism, bigotry, and abortion in shows like All in the Family and Maud. 
producer Norman Lear was ready to redefine the TV sitcom once again. Okay. Uh, starring Barney Martin, Charles Martin Smith, and others. And you, those are two actors that you would uh, instantly recognize from other things. Uh, Barney Martin played uh, Seinfeld's father in Seinfeld, for example. Charles Martin Smith okay. was in, uh, he was in American Graffiti. He was in The Untouchables. He was the uh, accountant, not the accountant guy. He was the uh, sort of nebbishy guy that comes in to be an untouchable. He gets killed. Spoiler alert. Uh, okay. Anyway, he featured a number of actors playing family dogs. Now, oh. If they had okay. used any other technique, maybe the show would have stood a chance. But instead, they wore costumes that would embarrass a furry. <laughs> they are terrible. Now, again, it's 79. That's, that, that's tough. They're bad. They're really bad. No furry's going to want to have sex with these people. That's how bad it is. Oh. <laughs> now you know it's bad. Now that Glenn's gone, oh. we could get back to, uh, you know, this type of material. We're, we're, so was it just unclean. dog yeah. voice? It was just the voice of dogs. They were no. in dog suits. They were in okay. full... I mean, you could see their faces, you know? So it was like a bad Halloween costume in the 70s. Like their face was cut out. So they just had the big <laughs> floppy ears, maybe a nose painted on their nose. Oh otherwise had gosh. paws and feet and a tail. Oh. Red rocket, red rocket. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? Did you get that? What was that? <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> no, I, oh, I had um, a glitch. What was the red If it's rocket? in the show, what? someone what? will get it, but maybe don't include it. <laughs> I don't know. This show's okay. probably going in the can, the whole thing. <laughs> I don't uh, want to know that. By the can, I mean the garbage can, not as in it's complete. No, no, no. Um, they, they barked <laughs> one-liners at one another. They commented on society, relationships, politics, and sex from a canine perspective. What? Uh, it's really mystifying that Norman Lear have created all the amazing award-winning shows he did and this. And this. But his intention <laughs> was to create one like that. And you would like us to believe that this is a real show. It is real, John. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the, the uh, only the half hour pilot episode was made of this offbeat uh, comedy. Only one half hour pilot episode was made of this offbeat comedy, which aired in June of 79 and was promptly rejected. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, and here's another outside of our, just outside of our decade. Let me tell you about Puchinski. Okay. Stanley Puchinski, played by Peter Boyle, was a tough New York cop. Mm -hmm. He was a rude, no-nonsense flatfoot who thumbed his nose at police procedure while telling the dame over dispatch that she had a, quote, real sexy voice. Oh, you know, boy. He, he was the kind of mm -hmm. character you've seen on a hundred different cop shows yes. starting decades earlier. But there was mm -hmm. a big difference. Mm. <laughs> Peter Boyle's character is killed off in the first act of this oh. show. Oh. Okay. And then- okay. He's oh. resurrected as a flatulent English bulldog. <laughs> Not just any okay. English bulldog, no. a flatulent one. Yeah, that's like one of the running <laughs> gags. Okay. Uh, commissioned in 1990 by NBC, Cracked Magazine believes the pilot offered some promise. Okay. Having skimmed through it myself because it's available online, I uh -huh. disagree. Uh, <laughs> Boyle's great to watch when he's a human, but once he's turned into a canine, mm. it's... It's awful. Uh, and okay. I have uh, some of the dialogue here when Kuczynski uh, first appears in the dog and he's trying to convince his partner that it's it's him inside the dog. Kuczynski, how did you become a dog? All I know is I saw this big tunnel and this big shaft of light and I heard voices at the end of it, relatives' voices. And they were calling, here boy, here boy, come on, come on. Yeah. And next thing I knew, I had a tail. <laughs> I can't even focus. The only thing I can think about now is no. like, Will assembled audio clips of those bullshit shows on us I too. Knew that's what you were thinking. <gasps> he went through so much work. I forgot about that. 
Wait. There were dolphin noises and everything. How did he? And Perry King. What? Resurrected his Dolly Hmm. Parton's bosoms in there. You denigrated Dolly. You did so much to us. I feel like we should just wrap up. I really do feel like we haven't reset. But we got... Two dog ones. What's the next dog one? It's a new no, theme. Yeah, it's a second. It's a second. John second. Just wants to get over with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> there's a second gag coming. Let's there's see no it. What's gag. the next gag? No, there's no. This is real. It's two this dog is shows the, in this a row. Is, so look, the show's awful enough as it is, but it had this, this spinal one. tap moment during production. The third one's called Life is Rough. Are you FF? It's about some dogs. <laughs> and then finally, all the dog ones are fake too. Double gotcha. Ha ha. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Well, so, you have to say that. What? You have to say you're not doing it or I'm, you can't do it. I'm not doing it. That's what somebody who's doing it would say. Gosh, I really broke John in a bad oh, way man. though this time. Yeah. Oh no. My, I have trust issues oh, now. Let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment. It was not a funny joke maybe. Uh, maybe it'll never air. I don't know. Did it air? The listener knows. Did you hear Did you hear five earlier things or are you only hearing these? Hmm. I thought it was funny. I think, I think it. Okay. Um, Dog number three. I'll never do it again. I promise. I promise. Well, at least not to John. But that's what you have to say if I you know ever want to do it again I, or you can't do uh, it. I'll have my wife tell you how she knows the secrets. She wouldn't lie to you. Uh, by the way, I'm really bad at keeping secrets. This was tough. Mm. It was tough. It was tough on me, John. Now I'm the victim. So why don't you show a little. You know, whatever. Sympathy for me. I feel terrible for you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, to welcome. make the dog talk. I'm not going to lie. The production, lie. the production turned to industrial light and magic uh, okay. to build a completely lifelike animatronic dog. According to the show creator, Lon Diamond, as they were developing the pilot, Island would send them pictures of their progress. And it seemed like really promising. But then Diamond recalls his horror when they eventually received the puppet. Somehow, and this is the spinal tap moment, with all the measurements that ILM did, they still made the dog's legs three times longer than the actual bulldog. Oh, no. <laughs> They were, quote, like human arms. End quote. Wait, this is for Puchinski? Is yeah, for Puchinski. So whenever they cut okay. to him, you got to see this. Whenever they cut to the dog talking, it is a horrible looking puppet. Oh, my They have gosh. a real dog walking around and they cut to a close up of a puppet with meatball uh-huh. eyes. Uh, Diamond describes the eyes were, quote, kind of poppy, and some people said it looked like a talking pillow, end quote. (laughs) Unfortunately, they didn't have any time to fix any of this because they had to have Pachinski done in time for pilot season, so they just used the awful puppet. Oh, no. And because the legs were too long, they could never show the full body of the puppet, so they only (laughs) shot it from, like, the chest up. Mm -hmm. Whenever they needed the legs involved, they just used the real dog. I have to see this. When a screening of the pilot for network executives concluded, legendary NBC head Brandon Tartikoff said he loved it, except for, quote, every time we cut to the dog, end quote. (laughs) Uh, After months of production, the NBC uh, took Pachinski out behind the shed and old yellered it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's dark. In the first non-dog one of the real bunch, the real list of uh, TV shows that were too terrible or canceled for other reasons, The Young Astronauts, which aired in early 1986, produced by Marvel Productions, the animated series The Young Astronauts, was set to begin its full run in February of 1986. The Mm. show followed the astral adventures of the Hampton family, 
Joining mm-hmm. Kelly Hampton, the captain of the spaceship Courageous, is her co-pilot husband, Jason, and their three children. The youngest mm-hmm. kid, Mikey, is accompanied by his cat, Rascal, and a robotic sidekick, Retro. The focus of the series was to market the real young astronauts space program to children by getting oh. them more interested in learning about space exploration and the involved science. Okay. Uh, slated to be mm-hmm. a Saturday morning mid-series series on, on CBS. The pilot aired on January 25th, 1986. Mm-hmm. What happened three days later? Uh, can't. Oh, <gasps> oh no. Yeah. Challenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It must've been Challenger. Yep. Three days later, oh, the my space gosh. shuttle Challenger uh, yep. exploded before the eyes oh. of the very demographic that this, you know, cartoon Yes. Uh, to serve. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know what that reminds me of is uh, one of my favorite series, Kiefer Sutherland's 24. Yeah. Was uh, was set to premiere September mm. 11th, 2001. Oh. So all over New York, as they do, there are billboards and giant wall hangings yeah. that just has a picture of Kiefer Sutherland and something says, something huge is coming, coming oh, 9-11. No. Oh, what? no. Yeah, oh. it, it didn't premiere. By the way, other things happened, but the yeah. promotion for 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 twenty four, it was something huge is coming on nine eleven all over oh, New York. Yikes! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my That's God. crazy! I gotcha! Kind of- no, I definitely didn't did make that up. No, it, I was it, there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that, man. Jeez, that's wow. Yeah. I don't know who to believe now. Wait, what? Who am I? I'm, in New York. I'm not messing with anybody. That was true. <laughs> I'm a bear. Uh, a Star Comics that's comic creepy. book series from Marvel was also planned to tie into the cartoon, but was also canceled for the same reason. As for the show, however, it continued to appear in comic books uh, into late 1986. All right, let me tell you about Mini Pops. This show, I really feel like Air just deflated out of it after I. Did this thing to you guys? I, I don't know that this show can oh, cover no. even future episodes. It's just mini pops. Mini pops from 1983. This is actually a UK show that was broadcast oh. on Channel Four, uh, designed mm-hmm. primarily for younger viewers. It consisted mm-hmm. of music performances on a brightly colored set, featuring ch- preteen children singing then oh. contemporary pop music hits and older classics. Yeah, we were just oh. talking about American Idol earlier. It's, you know, right. It's not it's, like it's that. Like it's more vis- like the uh, video of Kids Bop kind of thing. Yeah, like or um, uh, uh, what was that show? We had the adult version, uh, Putting on the Hits. Ah. Remember that? People would lip sync okay. to songs. Yeah. You remember that yeah, show? I, I, like, I saw that. It was no. like solid gold, but they'd have people, I think it was regular people would audition to come on and lip sync mm-hmm. to- But they're lip syncing. Huh. Yeah. But they're lip syncing. I could do that. I've done many lip syncs to Weird Al, so I could Is that do that. Right? <laughs> well, you'd be great on the show, yeah. Um, the children, were, darn it! The children, <laughs> the children were usually made to look like the the original performers, including clothing and makeup. Though the oh. series was a success. You see where this is going? You got any mm. ideas where this one's going? No. Um, no. Though the series was a success for Channel Four, mm-hmm. uh, little thought was given to the ethics of child performers singing songs originally written for older artists and dressing oh. and dancing in provocative styles. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With you. Whilst mm-hmm. embraced by children who love the idea, uh, singing along with their favorite songs, the show sat uneasy with some adults. This was capped mm. by a performance from seven-year-old Joanna Fisher, who covered the Sheena Easton song Nine to Five in night clothes and oh. included the lyrics, quote, nighttime is the right time we make love, end quote. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the, eh. Yeah, I, <laughs> I get the tone. I, kids aren't reading anything into that. They're just singing along with their song, but yeah. it's it doesn't have a good complexion, yeah. Right, and it's one thing for a kid to be riding in the car listening to the radio. I was just thinking mm-hmm. about that today on my ride mm-hmm. home. Uh, the 
uh, Marvin Gaye song, Sexual Healing, came mm-hmm. on, right? And I'm like mm-hmm. singing along and I'm like, wow, when I was a kid, I also sang mm-hmm. along and I had no idea what I was singing about. But yeah. it's another yep. to put them in, you know, to symbolize, you know, to dress them up and, and have them be uh, mm-hmm. Por- mm-hmm. portraying that. Yeah, that, that's kind of mm-hmm. creepy. It's a little icky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in response to this, the program uh, started getting some criticism from commentators in the British media who suggested that portraying children in this manner was sinister. One caller mm-hmm. on Channel 4's show, Right to Reply, fumed, quote, mini pops should be called mini whores. Well, um, <laughs> like me, just made it worse. <laughs> and a February 1983 article in The Observer asked, is it merely priggish, which I had to look up, that means self-righteously moralistic and superior. Is yes. it merely yes. priggish to feel queasy at the sight of a shop window full of junior jailbait? Uh, I really just, I really messed well, up the show this week. Damn. Oh, well, no. The child cast and the show's <laughs> no. creators were somewhat shocked at the response despite the rating success, but the network canceled plans for a second series. The show's got it all. Lecherous puppets, sex with dolphins, <laughs> dogs. And you know, that thing with the... <laughs> the car. <laughs> oh my all God. All right, and finally, let me tell That's you That's not about- a stick shift. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Why isn't no. this gears? The gears I just made not- it worse again. <laughs> I just, it's yes. your gift. <laughs> finally, let me tell you about another UK program called <clears throat> Heil, Honey, I'm Home. From 1990. Heil? Heil. Heil. Okay. Oh. I hope you're not messing with me because I think I remember this. <gasps> I am what? Not. I think I remember a sitcom about Hitler. Oh. In, in 90? That could be. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, this is it. It was written by uh, Jeff Atkinson and produced in 1990. It centered around Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun, who lived next yep. door to a Jewish couple, Arnie and Rosa Goldenstein. Wow. See, I seem to remember <laughs> hearing it was coming, yeah. but never saw it. Never saw it happen. Like maybe did okay. it get canceled before it aired or did it air mm. once or mm-hmm. uh, am, am I getting punked or because I definitely seem to remember This it. is definitely real. I don't remember how quickly <laughs> okay. it was canceled, but they shot a bunch yeah. of episodes and I think it never, I think it canceled after one episode, but I'll, maybe I'll okay. get to it in my notes huh. here. Uh, the first episode opens with a caption card uh-huh. explaining the show's fictional backstory as a, essentially it describes it as a long lost U.S. sitcom that was created by this gentleman named Brandon Thalberg Jr. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and it was recently found in a Burbank vault somewhere. And so here we're okay. presenting what we found. The plot to the first episode centers on Br- British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain coming to the Hitler house. <sighs> Not wanting the Goldensteins to interrupt her visit, Hitler instructs Braun to keep the news from Rosa, which she fails to do. So Hitler and his wife agree to get the Goldensteins drunk oh. and attempt to make them leave before <laughs> Chamberlain arrives. Uh, I have a clip from this show too. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> so this is uh, Hitler and uh, Braun talking. What is it, honey? It's the Goldensteins. I don't want those putches to know about Chamberlain. You saw the way they were when the Mussolinis were over here. They snuck by the apartment every five minutes. Well, so if we don't tell them about Chamberlain, how will they know? Are you kidding? They always know. When I finally get to invade Poland, who'll be the first to know? The Poles? No. Rosa Goldenstein. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this was a British show. It was, but they were pretending it was an American show. Right. 
Okay, mm-hmm. hence that accent. Well, hence the way he, they were speaking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're pretending even it's okay. an early uh, American television show. Mm-hmm. Again, okay. it was uh-huh. found in uh-huh. 1990, but it's a spoof of early U.S. sitcoms. Okay. Uh, in All fact, right. the structure yeah. of it is very much like an I Love Lucy episode, and the yeah. accents they adopt seem more to be New York accents than. I you was going to say, yeah. it reminds me of a New York yeah. kind yeah. of, uh, or, or like Archie Bunker-ish or, you know, there's, um, yeah. or yeah. So, no, no, who, who am I? Like the Honeymooners, it has that kind yeah. of uh, yeah. Yeah. feel yep. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, assuming it's real, and I do remember this correctly, it's, it feels like, like, I think you could do it right. Like, think about Jojo hmm. Rabbit. Like that film was, okay. it was Hitler in that film. Right. But he it wasn't a sitcom, obviously. It was it took on serious issues, but mm-hmm. like I I remember thinking like, wow, that's it's uh, it's uh, taboo material. It would be neat to see a sitcom if mm-hmm. you could do it in a way that wasn't that wasn't overtly offensive, right? Which I guess mm-hmm. it's it's hard to do because that's the character. That's why he's famous is because of his yeah. atrocities. So right, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to make it a sitcom, I guess is what breaks it. Yeah, and I think the distinction might <laughs> <Yes>. be. <laughs> That they, again, they didn't make light of Hitler because, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not a comedy. That's part of it. One of the yeah, criticisms yeah, yeah. Of, this, of this show came from Chaim Pinner, the Secretary General of the Board of Deputies of British Jews, who described the pilot as "quote in very bad taste," adding that, mm-hmm. "quote We are against any trivializ- trivialization of the Second World War, Hitler, or the Holocaust." And sure. so, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's probably yeah. the difference. Yeah, uh, I think, I think yeah. the sitcom was a kiss of death on that. Yep. For his part, Atkinson, right. the show's creator, said the aim of the show was not to shock, but to examine the appeasement surrounding Hitler in 1938. He said that the satire mm-hmm. of this appeasement did not translate well, as well as he intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and discussing the furor of the sh- around the show, pun intended, mm-hmm. Atkinson <laughs> also <laughs> stated that three quarters of the cast were Jewish. All right, well, that doesn't necessarily save you. Um mm-hmm. Television historian Marion Calabro, however, described it as, quote, perhaps the world's most tasteless situation comedy. Okay. Um, but others, commentators pointed out that the crassness was intentional and an element of, a necessary element of the parody. So kind of like what you're saying, okay. John, is maybe there would have been a way to do it and make the social so. commentary you're reaching for, sure. but probably 1990 wasn't the time, even though it was, what, 50 years yeah. or so. Yeah. This is definitely not the time, so let's not do it now. <laughs> right. No, People no. would love this show now. A good portion of our population. Someone. Yeah. I love this show. <laughs> Hitler. Hitler. How have I heard of this guy before? <laughs> I'm really vibing with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't see Jojo Rabbit, um, but yeah. I'm I'm also getting the impression, yeah, like it serves his presence in the movie, the character it serves a mm-hmm. like a function, you know, it's very specific, like intellectual function. Yeah. But yeah, like on a series or a sitcom, it's like, well, that character's just gonna keep showing up and really, you know, <laughs> what are you, what are you going to yeah. keep doing with that? You know? Well, some portion of what we did, this just did recorded was the show. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear it. The show may have been an hour and 20 minutes long, or it may have been 35 minutes long. I don't know. Uh, listener, don't you know, I don't know if any of these people are going to want us to say that this show was brought to you. By well, them. I'll tell you right now, all of the people you're going to mention right now, that's our patrons. They're going to hear the part, the earlier part. No matter what. No matter what. And they're all real people, I will point out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish Kat These would just people. throw some fake names in now. We have a new patron, actually, Eddie Newton. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd thought of that. Oh, John's even, that's even upsetting to John. I, I really oh, fucked no. up. <laughs> no. 
Remember early on how I was so worried about ruining my friendship with John? Remember Kat? I was always talking to her like, Kat, I'm so nervous. I got to play it so easy with John. I, 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 I don't want to screw up our friendship because of the show. Listen, listen. Yeah. You're going to have to try harder. I know. I just got too comfortable. You're going to have to. No, you're going to have to try harder to oh, ruin to, our friendship oh, is what I'm saying. Oh, to ruin you, you our didn't, friendship. Oh, you, oh. you didn't you have to work enough, at it. Well. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Fail. Our show is brought to you every week. Thanks in part to our early adopters like mm-hmm. Kathy Burke, Rick yeah. Parker and Karen Flieger. And thanks especially to our secret of our success level Patreon supporters like John Henderson, Craig Coletta, Marcus Taylor, Tony Great, Brad Bowman, and Nick Guillory. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thanks, guys. And hey, if you'd like to support our show, uh, please go to 1980snow.com slash support. But you don't have to give us money. You could also just make a comment on, uh, on Facebook or any of our socials. Follow us on YouTube or whatever the kids call it. Or send us an email. You can email me at will at 1980snow.com or cat directly at 1980snow.com. And look, John hasn't. John, you can email John too, but he's busy. He's a busy guy. Who'd, who'd want to do that? Yes. <laughs> But don't send him any, don't do any hoaxes or tricks. Don't oh, gosh. Any jokes on John with it's email. Prime. <laughs> uh, hey, I got emails. You did? I did. Not just okay. one, but I got two. Very good. And the very first one yep. is from listener Lucy Webb. And yep. she says, just wanted to say hi. You're the best part of the show. Will and John are great too. <laughs> Oh, I love that wording. (laughs) So it's really hard for me to read something like that about me. Mm -hmm. So it's okay though. I'm working through this. But it's it's deserved. So you shouldn't feel weird. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And, and Brad Bowman also Mm -hmm. uh, sent me an email. Now Brad's is very long. He is. He is definitely. It's very, very long. So I can't read the whole thing. And he had, um, well, so I'm just going to read Love Brad at the end. Cat, <laughs> you're the best part of the show. Love Brad. Three paragraphs on how great John is. She cuts it right out. <laughs> he doesn't talk about me the whole time. No. Just most I mean, of the time. No, no. The subject line is stupid won't get neutered. <laughs> and he All said, right. dear cat, AKA the glue that holds those two dudes you carry on the podcast together. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then check. he has all kinds of great comments about our episode about how mm-hmm. stupid don't get tired. Oh, and, yeah. um, and he, uh, th- I'll, I'll capture it with this one. While listening to the stupid don't get tired episode, I couldn't help but make some connections to my own experience growing up in the 1980s. Mm. And despite today's the zeitgeist, how our 80s culture has helped sustain some very precious and long lasting friendships. And so he, he goes on to talk about a core group of friends who they disagree about things. They don't know all like the same thing, but, but somehow they still yep. find a way to, to get along. So and they've all yeah. been neutered. Got it. And yeah. They, yeah, yeah what was yeah. that about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it was like um, sort of a, a milder version of like the Darwin awards. You know, uh, uh, like the stupid should get neutered, but they, right, they don't. Right, oh, right, right. Okay. they just won't. Oh, right. They just yeah. won't get neutered. Remove yeah. yourself <laughs> from the gene pool. I yeah. was stuck yes, on I thinking did. about how Bob, Bob Barker would uh, suggest that folks spay and neuter their cats. You know, Have your oh. stupid paid neutered. Goodbye, everybody. And I thought since you're named Cat, like, was there a connection there? Was something with neutering? Uh, and a, uh, 
I don't, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it had nothing to do with me. I yes, hope it didn't. I, Brad, I think you're right. have okay. to report back so. on and this. And I'm yeah. going to say, I meant that sincerely what I just said. That wasn't intended to be funny because I'm not joking <laughs> around anymore. All right. Are we done? Thank goodness. <laughs> Speaking of not joking around anymore, uh, I will say honestly, we may or may not be back. I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, but if we no. are, when we are, we will speak to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. <laughs> Goodbye. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness. <laughs>